Welcome. You're listening to Full Quiver Parenting. We're your hosts, Lydia and Stephen Braun. And here we talk about the importance of parenting that takes God at his word so that when we face trials and oppositions and meet our enemies at the gate, we are prepared to do battle with the spiritual powers of darkness, demolishing strongholds and arguments as we take every thought captive for Christ. Well, welcome back to another week of Full Quiver Parenting. We hope that you had a wonderful holiday weekend for Memorial Day. And uh, we are back to continue the discussion of finding what our purpose is in family and what is important in family. And so we're going to be talking about today uh, just kind of our story of finding out what's been important for our family and what does it look like to, once you've identified what's important, to begin to shape that into our daily routines as a family yeah family life yep so um we've we've talked about some things that are important to us obviously we've we've hit on a lot of different things and 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 one that we identified very specifically and spent a whole episode on was the uh, one on our children essential and we found that for our family and that season it really solidified for us that it is vitally important that we are a family that worships together. And from that, we found a lot of different things that we've identified that we find crucially important of doing things together. And I, I think that that's, that's just one core key tenant for our family is that we, we live life and we do things together. Um, we are a family that is together. We're not a, a separated family. We're not a scattered family. We are not a broken family, but we are rather a family that comes together, that gathers together. Um, and so for us, it's just important that we do all things together. Like we have our little guy with us here, little Michael, who is podcasting with us together. So you may hear some tapping noises or he's trying to grab the microphone at the moment. Yeah. Do you want to say hi? Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> Hands-on podcasting experience. So, what uh, what have you identified for yourself in terms of like in the discussions we've been having in leading up to this podcast is some things that are important for our family. Well, I mean, the big one that we learned um, early on, and then again in 2020 was, as you were saying, the worshiping together. Um, but in daily life. Like the rhythms, uh, intentionally making the rhythms of life what we want them to be, as opposed to what people tell us that they should be. Like, <laughs> you don't have to do things in the, the order that someone else does it. But also asking, like, why are we, like, we homeschool our kids. What are we teaching them and why are we teaching it? Is it just for the sake of them having knowledge? Or are we supposed to teach them, as Proverbs say, uh, says, wisdom? And a lot of times uh, in curriculum, it's not, it's about feeding your brain with information, but not the wisdom that comes from God. And so really whatever we do to be focused on um, what does God say about this scenario? So really putting the Lord at the focus of all that. And I know that was the verse you were going to. Yeah. Share. The verse I, I chose for tonight comes from the end of the book of Joshua, and this is Joshua kind of giving his his farewell speech to uh, the people of Israel. They've come into the promised land. They've they've conquered a good majority of the promised land, and this is his final charge to the people. 
This is in Joshua 24, starting in verse 14. And Joshua said, So now fear Yahweh, and serve him in integrity and truth, and put away the gods which were your father which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve Yahweh. If it is evil in your sight to serve Yahweh, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh. And that's from the Legacy Standard Translation. For anything that we try to set out to do as a family, as a Christian family, as Christian families, we have to keep this at the forefront. As we talked about the purpose of family in our last podcast, that our our purpose is to image God and to uh, be that picture of who God is and and then to go out and to share uh, the good news of uh, be that we are invited into being a part of the family of God. Um, all things need to come under that. So the things that are important need to fall within the parameters of that purpose. Now, there's a lot of different ways that that can play out. There's a lot of space for creativity. We know we are creating God's image and uh, our God is a creative God. And so there's creativity in that. And so how we specifically do those things it's going to look different. We don't have to have cookie cutter lives that are all, you know, the exact same. And, you know, you do this and this and this, and that's what makes, you know, a good Christian family is they, they do these things, but rather we ought to be living into the unique giftings that we have, uh, as families, we ought to be living into the fullness of who God has made us to be. And so identifying what's important really comes down to, uh, are, are we putting things in order and are, are we doing, what's the motivation behind the things that we're doing? And so that's a question that we ask a lot is why are we doing these things and, and getting down and getting into the nitty gritty of examining, you know, the, the most mundane things of life, you know, why, why do we do this, uh, cleanup task at this time? You know, why do we, uh, spend time, you know, folding the laundry on this day and, you know, why do we choose to have this kind of meal on, on the weekend? We, we get into the nitty gritty of those and go, all right, is this actually going to serve our family doing it in this way? Or is there a better way to do this? And are we allowing those tasks to get in the way of what's important for our family in that space? So, I mean, like an example of that was that we were doing uh, for a lot of last year, we were trying to do a special, like special breakfast on Sunday as a family. And we found that just in trying to get a lot of kids ready for church and out the door, uh, trying to cook a a nice family breakfast on Sunday mornings was really defeating (laughs) a lot of the purpose because we were finding ourselves being later and later to church, which we're still late to church often. Um, but, uh, you know, can we work on those things to, to get a better rhythm for that? And maybe we can do, uh, another family special thing instead on a different day. Uh, that way we're not cutting into the things that are important, but, you know, rather shifting that around. So it's really important to just think about that. How are we structuring our days? And even with, uh, where we're, I mean, currently we're living in a, in a space where we don't have 
all of the amenities like <laughs> we have a toaster oven to cook our meals in and a crock pot and a tiny sink to wash our dishes so doing elaborate meals for the weekdays especially in the mornings is not serving us so it often means we're going to make eggs or we're going to have smoothies in the morning because that will be the easiest use of our time and cleaning up that type of thing because that's not of primary importance in this current season for us to have really you know elaborate meals yeah because yeah. it's just not um and another but what is important we identified is that it's important for us to be able to share meals together yes and so having that space, you know, that we actually come together, you know, especially at dinner time, that we sit down at the table and share a meal together. You know, as often as we can, we, we have rhythms of praying together. And that's another one is that we're a family that prays together. We're a family that eats together. We're a family that prays together. And so we try to, whether, you know, depending on the schedule for the week and, and what we have going on, uh, we try to do a, a time of prayer in the morning or in the afternoon, and we'll we'll structure a meal around that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we would have sit down and eat breakfast together and pray together, or eat lunch together and pray together. Mm-hmm. And so, having that space and and structuring that, we know that it's more important that we have a simple meal to be able to focus on what's more important to us uh, of actually being able to pray together. Um, it's not so much, you know, the, the extent of the meal as actually having a meal and doing that space of praying together. And something that, um, going back to my family growing up, something that my parents decided early on was even though sports are really fun and they said, you know, we could have gotten you kids to do all the different sports things and driven you around. But we decided that it was more important for us to do something together as a family. And so they intentionally kept us from doing sports, not because sports are wrong, but because for our family, it didn't make sense as it was splitting apart the family. If it was a, a, we did a, a, what is it? Softball tournament with our uh, church one year. And that was really fun because we all did it together. Um, but that was something very important to my parents. We said, we're going to do one thing and they chose music instead. And they said, we're going to do plays. We're going to do drama. We're going to have us all sing together. And that was the outlet that we had. And we didn't have a choice now looking back on it and identifying that was because that was the most important thing for my family and for my parents to say, no, you're going to spend time together, not off doing your own thing because you're going to have plenty of time later on in your life to do all those things by yourself. But this is the time to grow as a family together. And so one of the things for our family, um, as we've continued to um, discern and identify what is important for us, one of the big ones that's important for us is training our children up to understand that there's a difference between God providing and comfort. And that a lot of times comfort gets in the way of us being able to worship the Lord. And because comfort often becomes an idol of, oh, well, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z so that I'm comfortable, not um, so that I don't have to worry, as opposed to the reason you don't have to worry is because Jesus told us not to be anxious about anything and that God feeds the birds of the air and you're more important than them. And so it's been one of those things that we've said early on, as we said, the firstborn, our firstborn's name is Mariah, which means the Lord will provide. But seeing how God has been really focusing that in our life story of that he is the one who provides and he's going to break the idols of comfort but also as a testimony and a witness to the world as 2020 was an example of what are you willing to do to keep your comfort or your security 
and at how much will, are you willing to give up for that comfort and security? And as the Lord says in Revelation and in the end times, there are going to be hard times for his people, but they must stand fast as the devil is a raging lion who is seeking someone actively to devour and that we're the ones who are to resist him. So teaching our children even now, even though it's not fun, <laughs> it's not fun, but showing them the difference between God providing our daily bread and being comfortable or convenient, that God is never late. He is always on time and his way is best. Yeah. And I think about that because our culture, you hit on a couple things there. Uh, I also want to say he cares for us. That is a big one that a lot of times in our culture, we when we are uncomfortable, we think that means something related to what God thinks about us. But he cares for us even in the midst of letting us go hungry because he wants us to see him and to re- understand and experience his love and care for us. Yeah. And I mean, we see that throughout scripture. I think about it, you said, you know, we, we, we can go hungry, but he cares for us. I think about uh, when uh, Moses is speaking to the people, he says that God let you go hungry, but he fed you in the wilderness, that he does that to show his people um, what, what it means to, to follow after him. And I really liked a couple of things that you hit on there. One is that you growing up, your family did things together. And so you chose to do things differently from what our society values. And, and I, I think that in American society, the individual is often put over and above the family. We value the individual more than the family. And so everything in our, our society is structured around the individual. And so, you know, things like sports, it's, it's all about the individual. And it, it doesn't really fit into a family framework. And so when you have a large family, I mean, you can only drive so many different children to so many different Little League games and practices in different sports. You know, it just, it doesn't work. And so you have to realize at some point that uh, either some kids are going to be able to do it and some aren't going to be able to do it, or you find different patterns to do instead. Um, and I was listening to another uh, parenting podcast and they were talking about that. There's some really unique options out there. Like there, I've heard about like family kickball leagues where they'll actually scale it based on the ages so that, you know, little kids can actually compete, uh, against big kids, uh, just with how they, they structure it. And I think it's really neat if we can think outside of the box and like Lydia said, her family, uh, they, they chose to do music. And I mean, that is something that is certainly that you can do together is, is music. I I think that that's a a really unique thing. Uh, and something that I, I think has been lost in a lot of ways in our society is having music is something that we really come together in community to do. Uh, we don't have things where we really, come together to to make music together and i think that's a really special opportunity especially for families to invest into and to to take that time for but the other thing that you hit on there that i think is so important is that that idol of comfort that is certainly present within our society and i i think that that is such a big one and so often as parents, I think that we're willing to give up what's in 
what's truly important for our families for the sake of finding comfort for our families. And so we set aside time. I think about the, the dad that's out there working 10, 12, 14 hour days, uh, getting overtime to say, oh, I'm just trying to make ends meet and I'm just trying to pay the bills. And, you know, they, they get fancy toys and whatnot for their kids and they want to keep up with the neighbors having the nice car and, you know, the right size home and all these things. When are, are those really necessary or what are you actually giving up in that space? You know, if you're if you're a dad out there that's working that many hours, you're missing the time with your children that you have. We think about this. Each of our children, we get less than two decades before they reach adulthood and then they're off and maybe starting their own family or on their own journey. And so it's such a short amount of time. It's such a precious amount of time that we have with our children that sacrificing the importance of actually being able to be with our family to do things together for that sake of comfort, uh, that's a real shame. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that have lived through that life and find that their kids, when they've left the nest, that they're just not connected with them because they never built that relationship. And man, studies have shown time and time again, that especially a present father in the home is absolutely instrumental in the spiritual formation of the children. Um, It's, it's the number one factor in children uh, continuing on in the faith after high school is having a father who is present and pouring into the lives of their children spiritually. And I think that's something that's difficult in the the culture that we have is that it's designed to split up the family. Um, The dad has to work exorbitant, exorbitant hours to be able to quote, provide enough for uh, his family if the mother wants to stay home. But as you were talking about these different alternatives, even of um, like, creative job opportunities. Like my dad bought a window washing company and he ended up, uh, we worked with him when we were teenagers. We would all go together, do a job, come home, do some homework and play the rest of the day or switch it around. However it worked out, but it was very flexible while we were teenagers. And it taught us also a good work ethic, but also just what, what does business look like and how can we do it as a family? Like that's, that's a huge aspect is before what the industrial revolution and revolution families were working together on farms or wherever the, the job was having children was not a liability, but a blessing dads needed their kids so that they could help work the business, whatever it was. And that's just not how we, as you know, Western Americans think. Yeah, the the career mindset has has killed that working together aspect, and and I remember I I actually helped your dad in in mm-hmm. his final season of that when we were getting ready to go to seminary and helped out your dad in that family business, and that's actually some of the best work I've ever done. Like I I love that summer working with your dad and a couple of your siblings helped uh, out here and there as they were able, and. Man, there's just something really special about that of 
of working together as a family. And I think that getting back to that together thing, I mean, that's, that's really kind of the theme that we've hit on for our family as, as what's most important is that together thing. You know, we worship together, as we said, we pray together, we eat together, and we, we try to find creative ways that we can work together. And so for our family business, uh, we, try to come up with creative ways for our kids to participate in that, whether it's them uh, participating in, in social media activities, like making fun reels together, like we've done in the yeah, past. We did, we did a, what was it in November or February, something where we did like superhero or not superhero, like mission impossible and star Wars reels related to our business. And it was super, it was fun. so fun. Yeah. Like, the kids had a blast. We, we had a blast making those. I mean, it probably took us quote too much time for how much we made from it, but it was still, it was time spent together. It was right. So and, and so that's the thing is if you calculate that, you know, it, it, doing work together, if it, you know, if you have to spend X amount of time working at your job, you know, if it's going to cut some of your productivity to do it with your children and your children want to participate in it, isn't that worthwhile to be able to do that? And so we find different creative ways. Like we, we send out, you know, letters to, to our customers, to our business and the kids will uh, make coloring pictures for them. Anytime we, we go to the post office to mail items, the, the kids are always there with us helping put together the mailers uh, and I remember you, you talked about Lydia, that you would do like assembly line <laughs> type things with your siblings growing up too. And so that's something that really credit your family with, uh, is bringing those aspects of doing things together. I think that your family really modeled that well. And I think what, what a big part of that was from, from my dad, because he grew up on a farm and he like, he would go to school, he'd come home, well before school, he'd milk the cows, go to school, come back help milk the cows, feed them and do all of those chores because that was what you did. It was part of the family dynamic. And so for him having kids, it was just automatic. Oh yeah, the kids are going to do this. They're going to wash the dishes with me and we're going to do the laundry sorting it. And all. I just, that was who he was. And so that was something I didn't realize until now being a parent, like, oh, it does take actual effort to involve your kids in the tasks you're doing. And it takes effort to intentionally stop to teach them the things. And I think it was, I told Steven, I'm a one-on-one -on -one type of person. I really love teaching people one-on-one, -on -one. but when it's a group, especially with, I mean, especially children who are, you know, whether or not sometimes listening, sometimes not, it's harder for me to train them in what they need to do or how to help. And so that's been a growing and learning experience for me, but I got to see it modeled by my dad who would give us tasks dependent on our age and our ability. And that was really a powerful lesson that I'm thankful for now. Yeah. Some other things that we, we try to model to do together um, is, is playing together. We, we love that at, at the end of the day, uh, when when you know the workday is done, we've had dinner. We try to make sure that we have a dedicated family time together, where we we play. You know, whether it's going outside for uh, a walk, whether it's playing outdoor games together, uh, going on an adventure. Like right now, something we've been doing is we're we're building a, a little fort in in our backyard, and the kids have been having a lot of fun with that gardening together, those, those types of activities or 
playing games together. Uh, I'm, I'm big into board games, and so we try to find games that we can play together as a family and involve everyone in doing those things or you know, watching a, a movie together. We, we try to make sure that we make space for that every single day to do something together uh, in play and rest together. But I wanted to go back to this idea of business together. And this is something I know a lot of uh, couples have talked to me about, uh, especially moms, how they would love for their husbands to be home or to have a job that could be more, you know, uh, family oriented and that it's just not an option right now. And I want to encourage you that I've seen the Lord work where when you start going in a direction of saying, Lord, this is what I desire. He also opens up opportunities so many times. Cause I mean, we've been in several situations where like, Lord, we're at the Red Sea and there's no way back and there's no way forward except through the sea. And we can't get through the sea. So you're going to have to part this. And he has at the right time, which we would have thought was too late, but he does it at the right time, right when we need it. And so I want to encourage you, spouses, families, that he does provide those things. And for us, it ended up being our young living business. That was a huge one for us. Yeah. Be- and it was an accident. I mean, it wasn't an accident. God doesn't make accidents. But it was not something we expected. But God opened that door. And that has been something that's gone with us through even know how many moves now and different job losses and changes and that's been something that god has used for our family to continue to build our family together and there are times when you know in all of the different areas of our life we get so caught up in something that we miss our family and we have to realign to go wait a second the whole reason we're doing anything whether it's Stephen doing a job outside of the home whether it's our own business at home that it we get to realign back to saying the, the reason I'm doing these jobs is for my family, not for the job, but like the reason we do jobs and business is to serve others. But the primary purpose of that all is for our family. Yeah. Yeah. And what is it that we're modeling and teaching to our family in the midst of that? And again, it gets back to, as we were saying in the beginning of this podcast, the purpose and motivation behind the things that you're doing. It's not, it's not so much the thing itself as it is the heart behind it that really, really is what's important in, in, in getting down and digging into that. I think it's so important. I mean, like, you know, whether it's doing stuff together as a family with our, our business or, I mean, even like uh, some other odd jobs you've done, like I've, I've been doing some delivery work and I'll take the, the kids with me to go do delivery. And they're like, Dad, are you going to go do it today? And it's like, not today. But then they they go like, yeah, and they want to go with me and, and drive around and do deliveries. And it's great. <laughs> and like, we've gone out as a whole family just to do that. We said like, okay, the, the extra money we make from this, we'll put into a family fund to do something fun together. Yeah, to go buy snacks. They're like, yeah, we're going to get special snacks. Yeah. And so just, just being creative like that, where it's like, okay, how can we, how can we cultivate more space and time together to be able to do these things and to, to live life together as a family. And I wanted to share this story. So when we were growing up, my dad would uh, clean um, churches, a couple of church jobs or offices that he would have. And we started out young. I mean, I was probably seven. Okay, my, my brother might have been younger. I don't even remember when we started helping my dad clean these churches. And it would be, you know, the older ones who were, you know, 
15, he would, depending on your age, you get paid or not paid as you learned how to do it. But he gives some, okay, you're going to wash the windows. You're going to vacuum this room. You're going to take out the trash. You're going to go under the pews to make sure there's no extra bulletins, all kinds of stuff. And we'd have so much fun doing it. We, I mean, yeah, it was fun. And, but it was still work. And if we were goofing off too much, we'd get in trouble. But there were books that we could read. Anyway, that's totally side comment. But the reason I bring it up is because when we moved, he still had over a month of uh, uh, having to clean this church that was like an hour and a half away. It was a long ways. And he had the choice of like, okay, a couple of you want to come with me and we'll go do this. Or we can all go as a family. We had just gotten a dog. And we're like, let's take the dog. So we took the dog and the entire family, my mom went, and we drove an hour and a half. And at the time, our family was really into Sherlock Holmes stories. So we had the big book of Sherlock Holmes and we would read it all the way there, get there, clean it as fast as we could so we could get back in the car to find out what happened two in the Sherlock Holmes story. It was so much fun. And we'd get home at like, I don't know, nine or 10 o'clock at night as a teenager. And we're like, this is epic. This is so awesome. And we brought our big, huge mastiff with us. It was, you know, she stayed in the car, but, (laughs) but those kind of memories I have of, we did it as a family or even gardening where we would, you know, okay, it's going to freeze tonight. You have to go out into the garden. You have to pick up, pick everything. And the headlights of the van were on and it was really fun. And so this, it's been making us chuckle. So Stephen's family is, is car, car people. They love their cars. Mm. And someone gifted uh, my husband. Oops. So, he just lost his little toy. Someone gifted my husband, our family, a uh, really old beat up pickup truck. I mean, it's, I don't yeah, even just know. just to- total it's beater truck. It's just a junky truck. Which we, we've always like really take care of our cars, you know, that it nice and clean, make sure it's really running well. And this thing is just. Yeah. I mean, there are spiders. It's the like, whole thing it's, just, it's yeah. the antithesis of how we would care for our vehicles growing up. Yeah. So we got this truck and I just started laughing, being like, this is going to be the best ever. And he's like, what do you mean? It's like, the kids are going to fall in love with this because they cannot break this. Like there is nothing they can do to make this worse. They're going to love it. And sure enough, as soon as he got it, all the kids were like, can we drive in it? This is so cool, dad. And so we all piled into the car and they, we all drove around our little, you know, circle area of where we live. And they were just tickled pink. This was so much fun. And so this last week, we ended up having, uh, he got the battery. We revived yeah, it, yes. Revived it after six months. And got in the car, and the two girls were like, can we sit in the back of the truck? And like, sure. And so all of us piled into the truck and into the back with the dog. And, I mean, that was our family activity together. Yeah, we drove around the, j- just circle around driveway. the circle driveway for, like, 15 20 minutes together and and the kids were just like they were thrilled it was like it was like we were out on a boat on the lake and just yeah. like having a good time so it was it, it's amazing the things that we can do that and the creativity that when we take that space it doesn't have to be something extraordinary we don't have to be at disneyland to have our kids have a memorable experience together. It can be those things like that old beat up pickup truck or, you know, the times cleaning the pews at, at the church, mm-hmm. driving an hour and a half like you shared. Like for me, I remember uh, my mom was always doing stuff with uh, me and my brother and we sang in a boy choir and one thing we do is we would sell raffle tickets to do fundraisers to pay for our tours and summer camps and stuff. And she would stand out there for hours every year with us as we sold raffle tickets together and just 
her her having that space to do that and like another thing we did was i i cleaned a local chiropractor clinic office and my mom would sit in there on their off day and answer the phone so my mom and i would both go i would go clean and then i'd bring my homework with me and books to read like i remember i i read like all of lord of the rings one year while i was uh cleaning the the office and uh, it was just those those spaces and times that we take together doing those mundane tasks together that really stand the test of time mm-hmm. for things. One last area that I wanted to identify is that we rest together. Um, and what I mean by that is that we actually uh, we, we sleep a lot with our with our children. So we co-slept with all of our children growing up. We found up that them growing up, I'm grown up. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> we found that, uh, like with Mariah, I-, I wish we had co-slept with her. Like from the very beginning, we had her in a little playpen, like next to us, uh, when she was first born. And it was, I don't know, like seven months in that we decided to move. Oh her no, into bed? it was two was months. It? it was two months because was I didn't soon? sleep for two months. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, fe- it felt like seven months. Um, but as soon as we moved her into the bed with us, like, everyone slept so much better mm-hmm. it was so much better and that connection we had you know people were saying oh you don't want to do it because they'll never leave your bedroom um but we found that connection with them to be so great and you know you weren't having to go out to get the baby from their own room to go nurse in the middle of the night they're just right there yeah. um and it's they're really safe ways to do it as long as you're not you know using prescription drugs or you know <laughs> cold medications or doing other things that you you don't want to do uh to cause your body to not have a normal sleep rhythm um it's really safe to do and then our our kids they they sleep in the same room together and i remember my brother and i growing up we had separate rooms and what the special thing was is that on the weekends we would be able to sleep in the same room with each other and i had sleep anxiety for as long as I can remember. And I was always so afraid and just terrified of having bad dreams, nightmares, all these things. And the times that I was able to sleep in my brother's room, I slept so much better. I felt so, so much more safe and secure. Never had problems with that. And I've seen that same thing with my daughters as they share a room together, that they sleep so much better in the same room. And even then, like they'll, they'll still have things that they're afraid of. But I just think about like, wow, you know, how much more difficult it would be for them if they were in their own space. And so actually taking that time and space to rest together, I think it's so important. You think about this, that, you know, it's only been in the last century, really, that families started having separate rooms from yeah. their kids. I mean, everyone, you know, think about pioneer America that you would sleep in one room log cabins and everyone was in, in one room. You think about, you know, uh, the, the, the tents of Israel when they're out in the wilderness wandering around, it's probably family tents together. Yeah. And Asian culture, everyone would be a big, huge family bed. Yeah. And so just that, that space of, of being together, I think is, is really, really mm-hmm. important. And as I said, that that's become kind of the staple for our family. And we found such fun opportunities for especially the youngest, as he's right here with us, that you get to have more interactions with the youngest um, when you sleep together. Because sometimes when they when there are older siblings, they don't get to chat throughout the day. And then when they're 
older siblings go to bed, it's the baby's turn to say, hey, I have things to say too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's fun. It's just, you know, kind of that that quiet quiet space to be with them is, is really special. And so just kind of in closing out here, uh, I, I just want to say that a framework that, that we are really trying to work on in our family of things is definitely a work in progress is thinking about as, as we identify what's important for our family, how are we instilling these things into not just our routines, not just our minds, but into the routines and minds of our children and, and how are we going to pass that on as a legacy to the next generations? We want to be thinking about how can we be molding our family to have these things? You know, that as Joshua said, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Uh, and, you know, it's the, the next generations went into the promised land and says they, they forgot yeah. the promises of God, which means that the majority of the people of Israel did not pass on the promises of God to the next generations as they were commanded to do. And so how are we living intentionally, holding that purpose of living as a family imaging God? And also, how are we keeping the things that are important for our family and scrutinizing them and and using them to pass on the promises of God to the next generations? And so that's something that we just... I think is a really important framework to think about is that as you're thinking through these mundane things and whatnot of, of your daily routine, what you're saying, not just what impact is this going to have on my life and on my children's life, but what impact is it going to have on my future grandchildren, Mm -hmm. my great grandchildren, my great, great grandchildren, how is it going to benefit them? I think that's just such an important thing to keep in mind. So um, in closing, did you have any any final thoughts or practical ways that people can get started just kind of thinking through these things of what's important for their families? I think it's how how can we get our children to participate with us? As someone said, you have to sell your kids on doing things together. Like you have to sell them if they have to do the laundry, sell them on doing it together. And uh, like doing the dishes, doing the, the bathrooms, the vacuuming. How can you sell your kids on doing those activities for the sake of your family? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's important that, you know, we, we can have these ideas in our own heads of what we want to do. But again, yeah, it's that, that how is this being communicated to future generations? And how can we make this something that they value? In, in the end, that's not just like, oh, mom and dad made us do this. You know, we don't want our kids to be like, mom and dad made us sit in church every Sunday and we hated it. And we we just can't, we couldn't wait until we were 18 and we wouldn't have to go to church anymore. So there's definitely something to say there of how are we, how are we bringing our children into this? And I think that really the biggest thing for that, that we found is I. Uh, just showing them that they're important in our lives, mm-hmm. that we take the time and the space to allow them in, that that we also are listening to them and what's important to them and allowing space for that, that we're not too busy for our kids. And I think that if we take this idea of finding the real importance in family and not in our careers and in the things that we imagine in that space, that it's just so much more powerful for our kids to see that, oh, they really are important to us. 
And their future really is important to us because we're trying to build a legacy that lasts into the generations, a spiritual legacy of faith in the Lord. Thank you for listening to Full Quiver Parenting. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to leave a comment and a review. Remember, a full quiver is not a number, but a spirit of openness to welcome the children God gives us, whether of our own flesh, through adoption, or of spiritual descent. To get more involved in our community, join our group Full Quiver Parenting on Facebook. See you next time.